Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome, one and all, weebs and casuals alike. We are Baka and Company. Uh, we're here to provide you a deep dive into all your favorite anime shows and movies. We'll talk about both new and old animes as well, and everything in between. If you have suggestions, please send them our way at Baka co-podcast on twitter as well you can email us comments questions or concerns uh, to bakakopodcast at gmail.com each week we'll be watching either a movie uh, one season of a show uh, if it's short enough but the entirety of the show as long as it's uh, in between 12 to 24 episodes so things like flcl would fit into that category uh, the one thing we probably want to stay away from uh, and sorry to those of you looking forward to it uh, a lot of the lewd and a lot of the harem and a lot of uh, the hardcore shonen uh, shows uh, we're not going to get into those just uh, because of the content and but it's not because we don't like them uh, it's because of the people we live with they might not want to be seeing this they not might not want to be hearing it and also they definitely aren't people of culture so uh, there's that uh, and with that I want to introduce to you the company of Bacas uh, I am Drew Tendo 64 uh, I started my anime journey way back in the days of uh, Pokemon and, and whatnot uh, being in Canada, uh, we only had the one channel that had cartoons on it, and it was Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and then whatever random flavor of the day. So uh, slowly but surely, as I got to expand my horizons, I went to visit family down in the States. I got a little taste of Toonami, and uh, that was when Toonami really started getting going. So it was Gundam Wing, uh, it was Outlaw Star, and it's, I believe, Big O came a little bit later. And then uh, Toonami also shifted into Midnight Run. So you got to watch like a dot hack sign and things like that. So as that progressed, I also had friends at school that uh, had DVDs. So we had Evangelion being handed around, uh, Wolf's Reign, 
just a, a just a smorgasbord of of stuff so i slowly started getting interested in that i went to my first anime convention at 15 and just blew the lid off knowing uh how much was out there and what i could uh could acquire the downside of course was money so dvds back then were like 24 28 dollars canadian so about $20 American a DVD and you only got four episodes um and next we have I was gonna say that's rough man. yeah yeah it was $28 oh. $28 for four episodes that's just man, like Evangelion almost bankrupt me as a as a 16 year old <laughs> <laughs> oh god I can I can imagine a spe- well I mean if you still have them now they're worth I do. like I do I mean, those original dubs are I worth do. A, a good good penny but um for those who don't know who I am, my name is Frank Furter. Uh, a lot of people just call me Frank or Furter or Frank Furter. Some people call me Dad. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I don't actually have children. They just call me Dad. It is a thing. I don't know. I digress. Regardless, um, similar uh, upbringing of uh, anime with Drew. I started as a kid in which I was hooked on Toonami, uh, watched all, like, just I was a huge fan of DVZ, watched all the new episodes, you know, when they came out, talked to my buddy when, you know, right after the episode, be like, did you see that? But um, I had a lot of fun doing that and, you know, kind of grew up. Actually, I think my, my origins go a little before that because oh. as a kid, I remember when we still, I don't know if I still have the original DVD or not, but we had the uh, we had the VHS and the DVDs for My Neighbor Totoro and uh, Castle in the Sky. So when we were kids, we'd watch that. We didn't know that it was anime. We just thought it was a cartoon. Yeah. And then, you know, as we grew up, we, we learned and all that jazz. But um, yeah, I, I really grew up watching DBZ, Yu Yu Hakusho a little bit. Um, detect, wait, is it Detective Conan? Is uh, the little guy with the glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching like, I, I popped on like Adult Swim one night and like the first episode was on. I was like, oh man, this new show is going to be wild. Like this person <laughs> got decapitated on a roller coaster. Like, oh no. Wow. <laughs> Little did I know that that show is fucking old. <laughs> but um, had a good time just watching that. Kind of fell off it during, you know, middle school, high school. And then uh, back in college, a buddy of mine suggested a, a show to me. So I hopped back in. I think that show was either. It was one of it was one of a couple. I, I believe it was Code Geass that got me back into it. Um, but what really sealed the deal was Cowboy Bebop, and that still is my favorite anime of all time. Let alone maybe TV show. It just it to me it just doesn't get old. Um, but that's a little bit about me. Uh, I'm gonna hand over the proverbial mic to our next co-host. Hey, I'm uh, Element. I mean, my name's also Sean, so you can call me whatever. Um, I'm similar to Frank. I grew up watching, uh, you know, the classic anime in the morning, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, all those sort of shows. We didn't have cable, so I didn't get to watch it for the rest of the day, but mornings it was where it's at. Uh, and then I didn't watch any more until, uh, university, so just after 2010, I think. Um, and I remember the show that got me back into anime was, uh, Kill a Kill. I don't know how I stumbled across it, but I remember I was watching that live as it aired, and uh, that really got me into the whole uh, universe of anime again. Um, and I've been watching it pretty steadily ever since. Um, I think probably Killer Kill's one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite, just because of you know that special place in my heart it has. Um, but recently I watched uh, a couple of absolute bangers. 
probably one that stands out is um, Keep Your Hands Up Isaac, and which was last season, I think. This year, I think. Yeah, you you had me you had me start that show, and God, it's it's so good. Yeah, I, I'm really, still like three or four episodes in, but it is so good. I really love it. I mean, that's one thing about my taste in anime is I typically prefer slice of life stuff. Like, yeah. Usually, when I watch anime, it's because um, I want to see something interesting and I want to see something fun, um, which is why I tend not to watch like you know drama stuff. Not that I'm you know completely opposed to it, but that's usually where my my taste lie no i can i can get on that boat like kill a kill though being your your gateway back into it 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 was like like, for lack of a better term it was a drug for me like every episode ended and you're like how can it end like this i have to wait a week Mm -hmm. god it's crazy and then you know just kept getting crazier and crazier just yeah that show really uh pulled me in yeah, and like also just like what a show because like that's a make or break show. Either you oh, yeah. hate that show or you love that show. <laughs> yeah, I remember the the arguments you know going on, people complaining about the fan service and whatnot. And then as the show kept going, and they started to reveal like the plot devices behind it. <laughs> Oof. good stuff. Well, that <laughs> changed that changed speech. so many people's opinions too. Mm-hmm. Good old nudist speech. And last but not least, we have. What's up, weaves? Silver Lobo Sensei, right here, right now, talking about fucking anime. Not fucking the anime, but fucking good anime. <laughs> so, just like everyone else, started out as a kid, Toonami, Adult Swim, whatever they changed the name to because they always changed because they couldn't figure out the hell they wanted to do. Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Roni Kenshin, Tenchi Muyo. God damn, Tenchi Muyo is so good. Uh, Naruto. I got to that late. Thought it was so good. And I just adore My Hero Academia. Love it. Not my favorite anime, but I'm a giant fan of My Hero Academia. And that's basically it. Let's get this fucking show going. Goddamn <laughs> Metropolis, you know what I'm saying? And now, and now we have to make everything as mature. So if you didn't catch it there, we, we spent the last week, or hopefully not the whole last week, anyone, but watching Metropolis. Uh, it was done in 2001. It's the first anime to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, it was created originally by Osamu Tezuka. Uh, the anime is based on the 1927 German silent film Metropolis. Uh, the two films do not share a plot. <laughs> so that's kind of weird. Uh, however, it does draw aspects from the 1927 film. Uh, it was directed by Rintaro. Uh, that gentleman... Rintaro uh, also did a lot of work on Astro Boy. So I watched this watching the walk cycles, the character uh, facial animations and how they kind of interact with each other. And the entire time I'm like, I've seen this before. Something in here isn't new. Like, why does this feel so familiar? And then when I looked him up, I realized uh, he worked on Astro Boy. And then I also looked uh, further into his work afterwards, and one of my other favorite animes he uh, was a director on was uh, Tenjo Tenge. Yeah, I had the the same feeling watching the movie. Like immediately, I was struck. Like, damn, this this art style is like very familiar, and I instantly thought Astro Boy because at some point, you know, it does a close up on a character's face, and they have the classic Astro Boy eyes, you know, with the triangle cut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I was uh, expecting the guy with the gun to just start flying off into space or something. <laughs> yeah, he had those big Every boots. time I cut to him, I'm like, this guy is going to just start get jetpacks on his feet and he's going to just go off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was very striking. Um, it, 
Yeah, it, it, the art style is it's absolutely beautiful. I do want to make one correction. This was not nominated for an Academy Award. Oh. It was one of the first animes submitted oh. for the uh, for the Academy Award. Okay. It, it didn't make the the cut, unfortunately. Womp womp. But yeah, I know. Womp womp. But um, back to the art style. Like, no, it's it's fucking gorgeous. Like, it's it's not only got the eyes, but it's got those like chunky legs and feet. Yep. That that <laughs> that Astro Boy has like it, the feel is uncanny and it's it shows but it's it's great it's not a bad thing by any means of the word. So I'm pretty sure I've seen the trash dude in Astro Boy. Like that guy is <laughs> already in Astro Boy somewhere. I know it. <laughs> so I'm gonna do a quick uh, little recap of the cast and some little uh, cool facts. So we have Kenichi. Uh, who is uh, voiced in English because I watched the English dub. Did everyone watch the English dub? No, I watched the yeah. sub. Oh, uh, okay. So for everyone but Element, here's some fun facts. <laughs> so Kenichi uh, was voiced by Brienne Seidel, who also voiced Koromon in Digimon and Tsukasa on Dot Hack. Uh, Tima was voiced by Rebecca Forsat, who also is Mihoshi from Tenchi Muyo and Nanali from Kogias. Oh. Yeah, so there's a connection there for you. Now, Rock, who the entire time I saw Rock, all I could think about was Proto-Man. And I was like, man, this guy is literally <laughs> oh, Proto-Man. If the big reveal if the big reveal here is that he is part robot, I am going to lose it. Um, it should have been. <laughs> so uh, he was voiced by Michael Riaz, uh, who is also Matt from Digimon. So a lot of oh, Digimon yeah. connections. Uh, yeah. Duke Red uh, is voiced by Jameson K. Price, who uh, more recently did the voice of Sojiro in, as the coffee shop owner in Persona 5. No uh, shit. That's why the voice sounded so familiar. Or Sado or Chad in Bleach. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've never seen Bleach. Okay. So. <laughs> Well, I saw so, that, that one's lost. <laughs> Silver was excited. Um, and <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Shinsaku. what his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Shinsaku. Uh, Chad, uh, Chad is the unsung hero of Bleach. He really he's is. Real in, in the manga, he has so much more. And in the show, they just did him dirty. Um, they did him so dirty because he's Mexican. <laughs> Uncle Shinsaku is Tony, voiced by Tony Pope. Uh, anyone who's a big fan of Gundam uh, will know he is the voice of General Revel from the OG Gundam series. Uh, or anyone who's a big Kingdom Hearts fan will recognize him as Geppetto. Huh. Like, I would remember the, the voice of Geppetto from Kingdom Hearts. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it'd be more surprising if he was Geppetto from the old, like, OG <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, the other one I found was Pero is voiced by Dave Mallow, uh, who is Angemon in Digimon. <laughs> God, more Digimon. Really? And... God. And Oolong in Dragon Ball. Okay. All right. So, and then um, the last person I have here is Atlas, and his voice plagued me the entire film. Scott Wagner, or Winger. Um, wow. Yeah, Winger. Um, anyone else had you guess where he's from? No, if no I idea. If I didn't just look it up on the Wikipedia, then I'd be absolutely flabbergasted. He is the voice of of both in the film in all the films the animated series and the kingdom hearts games for aladdin interesting 
Yeah, I was like, I, would have been I was like, why is this man's voice so soothing for a rebel? <laughs> 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 and uh, we also have uh, some voices of Steve Bloom was in there, uh, and then some Classic. other. Uh, yeah, My yeah, Steve. yeah, exactly. And then uh, just uh, like Peter Spellows, who's the mayor, and a lot of the old classic kind of anime trope voices that were used back then. But even still, like Steve Bloom could probably wear, or wear, wow, Andrew, uh, that's not good, uh, could probably read any book to me and I would fall asleep to it at this point. Because I would just picture Spike and it would be perfectly fine. So, uh, Which did this, this came out before. Did this come out before or after Cowboy Bebop? No, this was 2001, so this came out after Cowboy Bebop. I'm surprised he didn't have, like, a a bigger role. It could be, like, Bebop was 99, right? So Yeah, it, uh, I guess it got dubbed in 2000, so it could have been near the same time. Well, he wanted, do you want another Digimon connection? No. Oh, boy. Steve Bloom is also Black War Greymon in Digimon. Oh, oh man, I know that one like the back of my head. So, you know, all those dang pocket monsters. Yep. And then he, he went Digital to be... monsters. <laughs> he also was now. in uh, Digimon Tamers as Gilmon. So... Okay. So, lots of Digimon there. Um, but I felt like the... At least for me, the English dubs were, were done very well. Everything to me matched up. I, I didn't feel like I was really missing anything. It didn't feel like sentences were shortened. Yeah, no, like it was a solid voice work all around. I mean, it was cohesive, like nothing seemed unbelievable. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was solid work all around. I mean, we talk about already, like the animation was great. The voice was great. Like the only other thing that they need to nail was music. And by God. Well, it's great it is it really is like every once in a while you got that that jazz level of of music and just i don't know why but it fit like the the architecture like when they first show like they first come in and we see that the main part of this movie is the ziggurat right it's it's been built the mayor's happy this this guy this creepy guy with a creepy nose duke red is happy they're celebrating it they're asking like the media is asking questions about it is it a military structure what's going on and like immediately you're like hey like i thought this like just me personally because all i saw was the cover i just thought this was a movie about like a girl lost in the city and it's immediately like got darker tones and you're like all right i I gotta stay tuned for this like what is this did anybody else feel like that um duke red like he was just like he he looked like a bird i was like if this is astro boy if anybody's gonna take off flying (laughs) it's it's him he's just gonna transform into a bird he had a huge schnozer. He kind of reminded me of uh, the the guys in in Breath of the Wild. What are the the, the bird? People? Oh yeah, yeah. He mm. was legit. Yeah. Like, this guy's just gonna. Can we just re just rework this to be a Legend of Zelda thing? That can happen. <laughs> Let's just do it. You know. <laughs> They're at the desks making Breath of the Wild and like, hey, you guys see Metropolis <laughs> lately? <laughs> and why? Because I made a bird. It looks like the guy um, from Metropolis. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, send that through. Let's hope Nintendo doesn't exit. Just, just send it through. No one will know, man. <laughs> to what you're saying about the, um, the you know the the music and the architecture stuff, yeah, I, I, I thought the in, the start of the movie was interesting because it's like you know the dude and he's standing like over. You can't really see what he's standing over, at least for me. I don't. That was like what the movie was, right? He was standing there on top of something, and it was like a red background with clouds flying over him. 
Like that's how the movie started? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I was really confused. Yeah. I was really confused because, you know, it showed that him, like, delivering the speech. And then it cut immediately to, you know, the trumpets and the big band and, like, the the CG city sort of thing. And the tone was, like, so different. I thought that it was, like, two completely separate things. Like, this is, like, a forewarning, foreshadow thing. And then the city thing was, like, actually cutting into the real movie. But then I guess... I thought I, w- I clicked the wrong thing. I thought it was oh. not watching the right movie. And then it <laughs> slowly turned to anime. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? That's actually one I- of my first notes is heavy CG is, is my very first note. But the thing is with that CG, it's it's good looking. Yeah, it looked it good. I think it holds up. I think the fact it's, that it's, it's all lot- it's all buildings, right? Like they never use CG for anything but buildings. Yeah. So it never yeah. looks good crazily out of place and some of the vehicles i think too but yeah i was gonna say maybe some of the vehicles but definitely like the building and when the buildings kind of like tear apart but at the same time like that cg is better than most of the cg in like modern day anime tv shows like it i i cannot that this is the one thing you will find for me if you suggest a cg anime show i'm going to ixnay that in the ass so fast <laughs> um, it just i nights. can't it's nauseating to look at Knights of Sidonius. Oh, God. I literally watched maybe 15 (laughs) seconds and turned it off. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's clunky. I think think it was a really good choice because this was, what, 2001, right? So back then, CG really wasn't, um, like, hugely used in anime, and it didn't really look good any time it was used, a lot of the time. I think there was maybe one or two studios that were, like, good at it. But it was a good choice to have it, like, really dark. The buildings were golden, so it looked more like statues. Um, And... The lights were like flashing across them, so you didn't really have anything really well lit, you know. And it was a bit surreal. I think Great Gatsby is what I got from that like opening sequence oh, with the city okay. and the big. Band. I can see that. Yeah, it, it looked like a, kind of just a barren wasteland, and then the, all of a sudden there's just like this thriving party town. Like exactly, I, it, yeah. Great Gatsby, I can totally see that. Yeah, and they get into yeah. like the like I know the main plot is like what's Duke Red up to, but I really enjoy the second plot of like it's not the perfect metropolis right it had to be built it has to be run so you have like the different layers and -hmm. you immediately you immediately get into that when they go outside and one of the activists is seen doing something and you don't find out till obviously he gets shot out of the sky it's a robot and they're like you're out of your zone blap and i was just like wow wow that was quick like you're you're already informed that there are robots you're already informed that they are under restrictions and that the the city is set up like I when I didn't know what the zones were, I pictured it as like a circular map and kind of like Midgar in uh, Final Fantasy seven is mm, they all had their right. zones. And then yeah. obviously you learn it, it goes down. Right. So I was like, oh, I, you, you learn that it goes down. So what I'm thinking is like with that subplot of the, the robots and the zones, it was. Like, it wasn't shoehorned in like a lot of other subplots, but I think it was made very evident that there is something else going on other than this big ziggurat and these two, like, creepy backdoor deal guys. Yeah, there was definitely, like, preset prejudice towards robots and whatnot, Um, but to what extent we really didn't find out until later. I think that's probably my highlight for the movie. Um, Honestly, I didn't really vibe with the core story. Um, I... I really didn't think like we got enough time to explore either Duke Red's whole plan or Tima's like finding her and like uh, you know bonding with her and then t- 
towards the end, you know, how that all ended. But I was the most interested in the background. Like, I loved looking at the city and seeing how things worked. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, the gradual build-up to the massive rev- revolution attempt, you know, at the end. It all made for a very cool background of what was going on, you know, for the main plot. Even though the main plot wasn't my favourite part of the movie. Well, even, even the narrator jumps in, like, after you get introduced kind of to that robot dying, and you get introduced to, like, who the Marduk party is, and how it's how it's run, and how Duke Red kind of is the unofficial leader of Metropolis, and the mayor's just kind of the guy who's there. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really interesting to me that, like, something from 2001 is hitting real-world kind of topics, and although we don't want to talk about these things like it's it's talking about these things and it's saying like hey like this is the perfect city however if you're in that top zone like if you're in zone one everything's peachy if you're in zone two you're you're a a worker and you help build it you help maintain it zone three you could be a maintenance guy you could be a robot repair guy and then zone four or five you're a robot and you're if you're messing around down there and they don't like what you're doing you're done yeah, they were very. Yeah, the movie was definitely unexpectedly uh, brutal. Um, a lot of people got shot. Yeah, Not a lot like, of blood, though. Yeah, very no, little blood. Yeah, it was kid-friendly blood-wise, but yeah, like the, it, between robots and just well, it was mostly robots that got shot rather than actually people. Um, yeah, it wasn't until yeah. the revolution attempt, which we'll talk about later, and that people started dying. But I mean, you just see. What really is jarring to me is that the, not Duke Red, but um, Rock and his cronies, just the Mardukes, um, they would just go into a crowded intersection or a crowded place and all of a sudden it's just like they shot their target. Like it didn't matter yep. who was around, where, like it, they just, it, it was just jarring to see that like people are like, oh yeah, there's there's a robot that he wasn't supposed to be here. Okay, cool. Like they did their job perfect. That's fine. Like it was almost as if they were, like there was some, some cause for warning. But like it was almost like they were somewhat desensitized. Like because nobody ran away. Yeah. They just stood there sp- and watched. Like I would have been like, shit, bullets are flying. I'm getting the <laughs> hell out of here. I don't want a stray well, bullet to hit me the one that was was it the casino there was one up behind the casino sign yeah or was that the hotel and they were just like ripping it apart and like everything's falling apart and they're just like yep that's normal yeah it was the casino and they like destroyed the casino sign let alone the the robot like they, they did so much damage to the city just to kill just a robot that was out of zone yeah, and we may have jumped ahead, may have jumped ahead a little yeah, bit, we but like, <laughs> but I want to get back to like, uh, the, we got the private detective Uncle Shinkatsu uh, and his nephew Kenichi appear. Um, they got an arrest warrant out for Doctor Lawton, who we just previously uh, learned is working on something for Duke Red. Obviously, like the minute you see Lawton, I, I already had my suspicions like Duke Red's up to something, but you see Lawton, you're like, he is definitely. Up to like max level Dr. Wily evil scheme. There's no question about it. He is a villain for Master Boy. That's who he is. <laughs> yeah. That's that we'll just keep going back to that. Like he got reincarnated and he's like, Man, I hate being cast as the villain. Gotta do what I gotta do. Another life, same shit every day. <laughs> he's like, I know how this one works. So um 
they they're looking for a lot and they go through all the the ways to professionally do it they got to go to an office they got to get approved they got to go to the cops and the cops are kind of like well we can't really do anything down there like we're we're not the best so we're gonna give you this robot guy paro or not paro at the moment but his name's like cb43562 and when you see that robot versus the other robots in town you're like all right well like he's got a purpose he's got a face this one's obviously meant to interact more with the humans whereas you like we saw the sweeper bots the maintenance robots so you also not only is there like different classes of people workers there's the different classes of robot workers and so you know which i have i have a question there like they have all those sweeper robots down on like level three level four granted Mm -hmm. the level four one are kind of just i feel like they're doing something more so with like power and energy but like level three there are so many cleaning robots and all the the only people that really live on level three are just the people like repairmen type people so how messy are these robots that you really need that many cleaning bots um well my Roomba misses quite a lot of spots and it's got me as backup right so right but you're the one making the mess the like that'd be saying like True. yeah my Roomba caused a mess <laughs> and he he missed it I think it's cuz because they're robots they don't understand that they're making a mess they're just doing their their job their purpose and those sweeper bots are there to do their job which is to clean up so when shit's just getting left around they're like all right let me pick this up so maybe like the welder bots are going at it stuff's falling down and then the sweeper bot comes through i think yeah it's okay. more okay. so like i imagine you know there's like sweeper bots or whatever up on level one you know like butler robots that sort of thing but i think it's more like the shit filters down like that concept like okay all the yeah. shit from level one goes to level two and then level two to level three and then you know eventually someone has this to oh, they just keep sense. dumping it down yeah because i mean yeah that, when that... we first get introduced to fifi or what would become fifi uh he's like in the sewerage pipes that they fell through from the factory and he's picking up just random oh, trash yeah. um yeah because they they she like turns on that radio and they have to escape with you know they have to escape because the radio starts turning. No, no, no that's, and the people looking for them are like, what? "That's later. That's a chase. That's that's later." Yeah. Oh, that's well, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. That's all right. Our whole our whole thing's uh, kind of off the rails now. So uh, what we would later find out is that Lawton is uh, paid for by Duke Red to build something, and it won't be ready for a week. Then we cut down to Lawton working on his experiment, and he says he's got to get her out of here, and he's going to do it anyways. Uh, enter Red, who decides, hey, I'm the only son here. I don't care what you're working on. Like, you're not going to mess with my dad. Like, I'm not, I don't want this robot overshadowing me. And he just straight up, like, no ifs, ands, or buts, no questions, just blap. Just gut shots him right there. And while he's at it, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot everything else in here and set this place on fire. He, like, again, back to this whole, like, uh, damaging public property granted this is private property he just he gives zero fucks he just walks up in this place shoots this robot that we don't know is a robot quite yet yep. yep and then just shoots this guy he's like yeah you know too much you've seen my face you know what i'm doing here i'm uh goodbye yeah i've i found red again every time red did anything i'm like man that's proto man that's proto man. Was he called? Red? And when they start calling him Rock, his well, his name's uh Rock. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. confusion. So Duke I was Red. like, Duke Red is the the bird, and then Rock is the the blap. 
and when they call him rock <laughs> and i was bird. like <laughs> if 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 the female character because i didn't know her name going into this i didn't know it was tima i was like if he opens up that capsule and her name is roll i'm done i am so done with this <laughs> but yeah uh so after after they set the fire uh uncle and his uh, nephew kenichi they show up and they're like dang this thing's on fire and all the humans just watched that no at no point in time is there any sense of urgency and i thought that was really weird up until like the the weird firefighter robot showed up and made like kind of a megazord of firefighter robots and i thought okay now it makes sense that's why everyone's so calm is they know robots will respond to that this. was very cool which yeah yes it not was not only was that cool the music Holy crap! The music in this scene, I loved. I I know that like it, it jazz doesn't really fit a city theme, but in this like this instance, like it it melded well for me. And this song specifically, uh, aside from the last song, uh, which we'll get into later, like this song stood out the most to me, and I I absolutely loved it. It was kind of just like a jazzy take on what like a fire truck would be. And yeah, I, it it oh my god, I love it. I, I nothing but good things to say about this song. And by the way, I did find out that the uh, soundtrack to this movie is on Spotify, oh, minus neat. that last song. Which I mean, you can just search for uh, Ray Charles and you'll find that. No, oh, is that Ray Charles? Oh, that's that's super cool. Yeah, the the last song is uh, "I Can't Stop Loving You" by Ray Charles, which. We, we'll get to later because I, oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. So then uh, they come across the burning laboratory. Um, Shinsaku goes in and he finds who he's been looking for this whole time, Lawton, who I think it may have been the quality of mine, uh, but I couldn't really hear what he was saying. He has his notebook there. Uh, Shinsaku gets it. Uh, Kenichi finds uh, the activated team out in the back. And unfortunately, like it is in every anime, they can't be caught. So they keep running, they keep dodging, and they fall into the sewers. And they're separated. And then that's where, for me, it got really stressful. I'm like, this kid knows nothing about Metropolis. The robot Paro, he's up there. Shinsaku's up there. Like, he's done. And like, obviously, this newly activated robot, I assumed, would not be of help. I'm like, he's just going to die down there. And then I could start hearing flashbacks of R2, R2, turn off the compactor on level four. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, that doesn't happen. And then we get to meet uh, Fifi, who at the time is an Albert robot. Is that what it's yeah, said on they their called Albert. I thought that was really funny because uh, I had a friend in college named Albert <laughs> and he was kind of dopey. When we played video games, he didn't really pay attention a lot. So I was like, all right, all right, maybe I'll send a picture of this to him when I'm done. <laughs> A couple of things I, I like because I was like writing notes while I was watching it. Um, one was the transitions were really jarring, like the weird as hell, like like yeah. close in on the circle thing, and then it would skip ahead or like the fades weren't so bad because um, I they were able to do like cuts properly, like they would cut camera angles and things like that, like completely normally, but then they would do those weird fades. I think that the most like uh, egregious one was the circle one, like the Looney Tunes, like that's all folks. I don't know yeah. why they did it like that. Um, that was very weird. And also when we first meet our Albert, like when you, like you see the, the trash that it's going to pick up, I thought the dog was making yeah. the whining noises and then the robot was going to eat the dog. And I was very sad, but then I realized the robot was making the noises <laughs> and the dog was really dead. So that was fine. 
Oh, now I didn't realize the dog was dead. No, I didn't know. (laughs) You didn't see the. You didn't see the dog. It's not a real dog. It's a. It's like a robot dog or something. But okay, okay. So I I meant real dog. I I don't have much to say about this. Like I've been keeping quiet because the the where I watched it, it was just so dog shit. I just couldn't understand what the fuck was going on because my entire screen was either pixelated or just not great quality. So I was like, what the fuck's going on right now? Oh, he's he's in the sewers. And I'm like, I I messaged Frank afterwards. I'm like, hey, when this fucking COVID shit's over, I'm stealing your fucking Blu-ray or your DVD. <laughs> I got to watch this. Like, it's yeah. just, it's bad, dude. I just, I don't understand what the fuck some shit happened was. If it's audio based, I'm like, okay, I understand what's going on now. But like towards the beginning, I think when it starts getting to after the, the uh, the ambush and the revolution shit, I could start seeing what's going on. More. Wow! Like, everything before that, it was just terrible. I had yeah. no clue what the fuck was going. That on. That sucks. I think I live about thirty to forty five minutes. Like I I don't mind one day just like driving down and lending it to you. Like <laughs> I, I don't care. Like I'll yeah. But no, that's that's just really just so I could have a just so I could have a not so like <laughs> this movie is not great because I don't know what's going on. Feel to it. Like. <laughs> If I could understand what the hell is going on, because like I'm gonna be talking a lot at the end, because shit went crazy, and I have no clue why. <laughs> I also, <laughs> I also threw out like a lot of movies. I I always remember like cognitively that I'm a viewer and I know more than the characters. So like when Kenichi doesn't understand that she's a robot and he's trying to get her to learn stuff, and I'm like, dude, she's a robot. She'll freaking click on and she'll figure it out. And then, like, you see him struggling to teach her, like, basic grammar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's because she he doesn't know. Like, he just thinks she's a girl who got, like, a hard concussion. <laughs> Mysteriously, they both landed down here in the sewers with no cuts or abrasions or contusions. Just chilling. And their biggest concern is food, which the robot brings them, like, half a fish, rotten. corn on the cob, and, yeah, rotten apple. And she's just like, okay, I guess I'll eat this. And he's like, oh. Yeah, uh, no, don't. Please, please don't. That's, yeah, no, don't eat the rotten apple core. Like, that's, that's, you'll get sick. I'll get sick. And then we'll die. I thought one thing. Now, that, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Something that um, I noted, like, very early on, and I was, like, I was really trying to observe this was whenever a human's talking, they're extremely animated. Like, if you watch any anime like that's currently airing, you'll notice when characters talk, usually they still and their mouths moves because it's just more effort to animate like every facial muscle. You, like, rarely ever see that in, like, at least a currently airing show. Movies, you'll mm-hmm. see it more because they have more time to actually spend on the animation like keyframes. This movie, like, it is insanely detailed, like, the amount of animation. Like, every character is, like, very hand-drawn, like, very fluid motion. So when humans are talking, especially like the detective and stuff, in the police station is a great example. Like both the the detective, like Shinsaku and the the captain, are like talking and they're like waving all over the place, hand gestures, like nose yep. and mouth, you know, eyes going everywhere. And then when the robots talk, they're like very still. Like when Perry's talking, his face is still and he just moves his mouth usually. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that. Um, as far as I could tell, Tima was very very similar at the start of the movie, like when she's first like learning how to speak with Kenichi. Kenichi's like, you know, moving his face and gesturing and stuff, and she's sort of very still and moving her mouth to talk. And then towards the end of the movie, you know, when she's like having that crisis of like, uh, what am I sort of thing, and she's trying to desperately get Shinsaku to say that she's human, she's like moving very much like a human would. So I thought that was a very cool um, detail in the animation. 
See, I didn't pick up on that. I thought like I thought just certain characters, the Astro Boyish characters, were all animated to be very active, kind of almost like Miyazaki characters when they talk, very fluid and very active. Um, I just realized when I was looking at um, her picture, I also tried to click where I've seen her before. It reminds me of a character from uh, the Gundam Unicorn uh, movie, Audrey. So that's kind of where, like, the whole time I've been watching this uh, movie, I was like, I've seen this. I know this plot. Like, something just feels connected. So it they took so much, or everyone else, I guess, has taken so much from them as ideas and ways to animate and ways that characters are developed so that I have this huge catalog in my mind of everything I've seen and now how it all connects to this. It's kind of like a reverse. So I thought like when her hair first starts moving, I'm like, oh man, that's a Ghibli thing. Yeah, incredibly fluid stuff. That's, that's... Again, so after this... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Frank. <laughs> no, I was going to say, again, back to what we talked about at the very beginning, the animation is just sub, like, subliminal. It's great. That 15 million really went far. Like they, it, oh, like, it did. I have to take your word for it. I have to take your word for it because I could not tell. <laughs> <laughs> I could like, not tell. The only part where I could tell was at the very, very end when uh, they're both confronting each other. And it's just like, oh, this looks really cool. And then the movie ended. I'm like, oh, sh- shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... um after they kind of learn to talk, uh, the two are hunted relentlessly by Rock and his subordinates. They encounter a group of unemployed human laborers uh, who start to stage a revolution against Red. Now, although that's a really short sentence, this part I felt was the longest part in the movie. The, cha- the chase scene was so cool. Like, just them throwing stuff in the way, hopping over stuff, items falling apart, going through crowds of people, getting on that really weird bike. Um, I thought... I could see that part. I thought that was adorable. How he's freaking the fuck out and she's sitting in the seat and she's just perfectly calm sitting there like this is adorable. And then as they go over the cliffside, unfazed, she's just sitting there and he's freaking out. I'm like, I like this. And then back to pixels. Like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the part that like I actually had to pause it to to get up and, and whatnot. But when I was watching that scene, the whole time, no matter where he's zigging and no matter where he's zagging, like I was like, he's going so many random places. But to me, Red has been doing the dirty work for his or not Red Rock has been doing the dirty work for Red for the longest time. So he probably knows these levels. Yeah. So and he's just right on his tail the whole time. So every time I you think Kenichi's going to get ahead, Rock pops around that corner and he's got him like dead to rights. He's just unloading on him and I don't know when Rock un- unlocked the infinite ammo cheat, but it just every five seconds he's just unloading. Well, we forgot something very important. Uh, Rip Fifi, you know the homie. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's true. Gets yeah. fucking blasted, and then also during the chase, all these goons look like Team Rocket. That just really stood out to me. Oh yeah. I thought they were Team Rocket. Is that not the case? <laughs> Did I miss this? No, see, she's not a Pokemon. Tima's not the first human hybrid Pokemon. That's Ditto. The fuck? Yeah, I, I was going to say that that was that blonde hair was not a uh, not Pikachu on Ash's shoulder. That was just uh blonde I don't hair. know what happened, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so after this <laughs> Yeah, you, you know? 
Sure. You could hear things. <laughs> oh my god. So after we get this um <laughs> the uh laborers and we we meet um Atlas who is voiced like I said by Aladdin. Uh they get into that, but the president and the mayor of Metropolis uh they want to use the revolution here obviously um to their own means. Uh Red uses it to gain control of Metropolis, kind of using the Mardukes as like quote unquote peacekeepers with assault rifles. Um and then uh, I really liked this part where, like, you saw that evil military dictator. Mm, the general. And how he's like, don't. Yeah. And, and you saw, like, the sly businessman kind of, like, CIA type guy. And I really thought the president was going to get everything under control. I was like, well, yeah, he can't let Red, Red do this. Like, there's no way. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I got it under control. I'll get everything done. And he feeds the information to the revolutionaries. And you're like, all right, cool. This is all going to work out. And, and it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. It is the absolute opposite of working out. Just everybody gets shot, like, a lot. One thing <laughs> that I thought was really weird was, um, so after, you know, they get in the chase, and at the very end they jump into, like, the trash pile, and they hide, like, underneath the grate. And then she finds the radio and turns it on, and, you know, they panic. And then it cuts, and... They're in the rebel hideout, and you get introduced to Atlas, and I thought that was so strange. Like, any other movie, it would have been, like, they panic, the guys are about to find them under the grate, and then Atlas comes out from the same pipe they're in, and is like, hey, yeah. follow me if you want to live, you know? That's how we get introduced to him, and yeah. then he brings him back mm-hmm. to the hideout. I just thought it was so weird that they cut that section out. Like, it would have so would have been, like, half a scene at most, probably, but it would have felt i felt like it would have flown a lot better i don't know what you guys thought about it no i um i read that the the main plot obviously diverges from the manga that it's originally written from so like i assume with most of these anime movies they're obviously made for the for the fans and the general public so like any hardcore fan that that's probably in there no no doubt but for us, that could have just been a time constraint where they're like, you know what, we're, we're going to assume they know this happens. <laughs> I did think it was weird because, like, I thought, once again, that, like, maybe there's another issue with what I was watching it because oh. out of nowhere, they just appeared there. I'm like, wait, weren't they, like, hiding? Yeah, it really felt thing? like there was a, a the... scene missing there. I, yeah, yeah, it was very weird. I, I, I was lost for a bit. I'm like, I'll just go with it. I've been going with this the entire time. <laughs> Well, uh, so the next thing, um, what happens is obviously we got the general who betrays him. The, he sides with Red, shoots the CIA guy. Uh, the Duke imposes martial law to suppress this revolution, which does not work. Um, we we see uh, Pero try and stand up to, to keep the peace, which when he was talking back and forth to Atlas and they're having that dialogue of like, hey, like I'm programmed to do this. And Atlas is like, don't follow your programming. I thought maybe something was going to change there and Ampero was going to be like, you know what, man, you're right. You're right. I got to join this revolution. I'm not just revolting for like humans, but the, the robots need help too. And I was like, all right, this is going to be a cool movie. And again, got my hopes up. He gets just shot. To, just <laughs> to come crumbling down. Rest, yeah, exactly. Rest in peace, pair. Robots really, you really know, get chopped up this movie. Did I oh, yeah. did I misread to where like it wasn't that like he asked him to like go against his programming and he's like he 
I want to say he sort of explained like listen if I did like then it'd be anarchy and like right now you're about to cause anarchy like if you do this just don't do this and I feel like Atlas realized like what he was trying to say and like knows that it's not going to end well for anyone mm-hmm. and but he's like it's it's too late this is happening whether we like it or not yeah I got that sense where it's just like he understands what's going on with Pero and why he is doing what he is but he has to, at the same time Atlas has to do it. He's like it's he's gone too far at this point. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. else nothing else that's uh, an option. It's like in for a penny in for a uh in for a penny in for a pound like it it's too far gone at this point. I think in yeah. the so, in the sub I think when uh Atlas comes up to Per is like, you know, I'm a representative of the police, you know, please like cease your Anarchy, whatever it is, like that sort of thing, and yep, then yep. and then Perez, like, um, you know, if you're not going to get out of the way, we're going to go through you, sort of thing. It, I don't remember him asking them, to, asking him to join. It was more like inevitable that they were going to, you know, fight. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah, I, I think you're you're more right than how I interpreted it. Mm. Is how, how I. Should By the say. way, did you see that but... duck? Because that was the cutest shit I've ever seen. The what? The what? The duck. And when the when the pro- when the the protesters are or what like the rebels or whatever, they're marching through the states and they're starting to like, you know, gather towards the central square where they meet up with Pero. There's a duck in the crowd, like a little duck. He's like waddling along. He's <laughs> he's wearing like chains, like he's been in prison or something, and he's like with the the rebels. It's fucking <laughs> adorable. It was like so random. BDSM duck to the rescue. I I think that you saw something that. <laughs> I'm gonna get a screenshot right now. I'm t- I swear to God. There's... Okay. Well, yeah, if we're going to talk about weird an... screenshots, yeah, I have one too. Are you going to talk about the candle? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. I, know. I was about. I was. What I was, was waiting for for this to come out, but I was just like, "What the fuck was that candle about?" I rewound it. I rewound it like three times. I'm like, "Is yeah, this I like just... signifying his life is out?" Like I did the or... same thing. Uh, continue with the story, and then we can explain to Silver. Okay. Okay. So uh, during this revolution and all the fighting's going on. Like, when does it start to snow and why? Right. That's a great point. Or is point, that but... snow, or is that, like, ash? Is that ash or snow? I thought it was... Well, nothing was I on thought it was fire. I... Yeah, that's a great point. I just realized that. I didn't really think of it up until now, but... I, I'm pretty sure it's snow, but I don't... Yeah, because I don't think it was fire. Plus, the... Everybody, uh, when they came... Sorry, when Duke Red came out of, like, his vehicle or whatnot, like, he was wearing a coat. Like I'm pretty yeah, sure that was okay. that was Fur snow or something. Pretty sure that was snow rather than it being uh like ash because I don't remember the the town being on literal fire. It's a good point because in my notes I've yeah. got like something about the snow confrontation and I didn't think twice that there was snow there when there wasn't snow anywhere else. Yeah, it was weird. Well, maybe they were on the lower levels, right? And it was snowing well, yeah, up on were, the top level. That makes sense. Were, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, they were on the lower levels. They were on the lower levels for almost the entire movie. It's not until like the beginning and the end where we're out on the top levels. But this was that snow was right outside the city. So somehow they like made it right to the, like the outer edge of the city. So that's why we're we're exposed to the elements. And then we also get like the the Kenichi uh, fight with rock which again drew getting his hopes up that everything's going to turn out fine and he gets laid out like just just like when I, when he gets thrown down i thought he was concussed and he was done and tima is like tima you gotta do something like you gotta figure this out like use your superpowers do something 
Be Astro Girl, you know? Yeah. Just just get in there. Shoot a rocket punch, right? Nope. She just gets wounded and you're like, oh, yeah, she is a robot. And wait, was this before the, the president stuff or was this after the president stuff? This is after the president stuff. So the whole president thing goes down and then they're like, they're fighting in the, re- the okay. revolt outside, so, right? So to back up, back to that president thing, because basically... Uh, while the revolution is going, the president knows the revolution is going. He's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's make a press conference at like three. Yeah. He's like making his day kind of go by hunky-dory. And then one of his top officials comes in like classic anime betrayal, just like, I want to be on the right side of history. Ha ha ha. And <laughs> kills him and uh, Steve Bloom's character, which when they kill Steve Bloom's character, they shoot him in the head. But when they do that, a candle appears, like, on his ear. What? Like, it just yeah. appears out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, like, like a single frame. In, it appears and vanishes. Yeah. Like, it, like as he's falling. It's the weirdest freaking thing ever. Hold on. I think I've almost found this doc. Also, um, in, the, in the, the sub, the conversation is, like, Pera goes up to Atlas and he says... Um, it's my my duty to ensure the safety of all visitors to our city. Uh, please cease your violent uh, gathering, or whatever. And Alice is like, "Yeah, I know it's your duty, but you've got no choice but to go forward." And then Paris says, uh, "Why must humanity always resort to violence to solve its problems?" And Alice is, is like, That's what it "Yeah, was. I agree. I know yeah. it's a problem, but our emotions vibrate, and we have no choice but to go forward with that amplitude." Yeah, that's about it. Except yeah. for I think that last part may have been a different phrasing, mm, but it's yeah. very much exactly how it was in the. Uh... Yeah, so, so it's yeah, basically similar. Which is just like I know this is wrong, but we we're we're here too far. <laughs> We've gone too far. We gotta continue. So I used the magic of the internet and I time traveled back to two thousand and two uh, to the anime music videos dot org forums. Oh. Um, and someone. Uh, says here i always figured it was put to for the sake of confirming the shot had killed him the way the candle appears and then fades out as he's going down as for why they did it that way i'm not sure perhaps they felt it felt it would be fitting in the tezuka art style so if maybe this this, these animators these directors had used this uh thing in the past I could see it being an homage, but I, I have no idea other than this one person saying, hey, maybe it fits the art style. Well, I'm also thinking this is also, I believe, the first human that's died in this movie. Other than, No, it's not. the. Uh, never mind. That was way back in the beginning with the crazy doctor guy who was half robot, half man. Like He, he did some cyberpunk uh, enhancements Upgrades. on himself. It there was like. also the guy that took... Uh, rock over down to the to the lower floor he just shot oh, him true. and dropped his ass off yep. the about that. you're true you're right there so that wasn't the first human death i was thinking maybe it was the first human death and that's why they did it but no that just i don't know maybe because it was so close up but yeah really weird so uh now. <laughs> so i was about to say at? i didn't disconnect did i <laughs> <laughs> So where we're at now is um, uh, still just determined to to like get rid of Tima. Uh, Rock's kind of there to regain his father's favor, I guess. Um, he kidnaps and deactivates Tima, who is now confused about her identity. Oops, I may have skipped a bit. Um, yeah, I did skip a bit. So there's the general kills that dude. 
The Duke imposes martial law. Uh, Rock wounds Tima to reveal her to be a robot. Rock is disowned by Red and stripped of his command. He, like, I thought that animation was really cool where he pulled off the Marduk's um, badge off his arm. And it felt like it was a real material ripping. Yep. Yeah, it's not like regular cartoons where they rip cloth and it like seems so easy to do like it was paper like this he was struggling with it he was just yeah. like i'm an old man um and then and then uh rock kind of gets his mindset that he's going to get rid of tima again and he kidnaps and deactivates her she's confused um what what ended up happening here is this this is where she's like uh is this before she's in her room writing kenichi all over the wall Oh, she uh, she writes all over her wall. Kenichi, her servant f- or maid, whatever, finds her, and then that's oh, that's right, right before, connect. yeah, yeah. So even the servant like lady looks at this and she's like, "Well, this girl is crazy." Um, there, yeah, there's a screw loose somewhere. Yeah, and a few nuts and bolts, and maybe a power capacitor too. She's got a bad motivator. Uh, I hey. swear that's the last of my Star Wars references. <laughs> um, so then. Rock kidnaps her. Uh, Shinsaku comes back to rescue her, follows the instructions on how to to get her turned back on, and that's where we get this really cool kind of um, cyberpunk session where like, she puts her hand over this hodgepodge of electronics. So we're kind of seeing that Shinkatsu is like truly like a man, a jack of all trades. He knows how to like work all these electronics. You go in his hotel room everything's like ripped apart there's components there's like glass bulbs everywhere and then he's just chilling in like evening wear yeah he's in a like an onsen robe because it's got the u on it yeah that's like the the symbol of the yeah. onsen. um yeah i thought this this also stood out to me in that in, throughout the first part of the movie i felt like shinsaku was like you know a bumbling sort of detective especially mm-hmm. when kenichi goes missing like down the hole he never mentions that he's missing <laughs> until like pero brings it up and says i'll put in a missing person report for Ken- kenichi and he's like oh yeah right but he's like too busy like looking for hot dogs and ice cream and stuff like he's not like he's yeah well, he's just licking i forgot about yeah, that scene where he's just I'm, sitting there like sampling so the I, ice cream and he gets caught. yeah i sort of got the the impression that he was like a bit of an idiot sort of thing or like a, you know a bumbling fool that sort of thing and then and then in the second oh. half of the movie it like takes a hard turn and he's like super competent and he's like putting together his machine and like all this sort of stuff i thought it was high tech um well doesn't he say doesn't he say when they get separated be like oh no kenichi will be fine he's a tough little kid like i he he just isn't worried about him because he's like oh no nah, he's tough he's fine it'll be okay i he's like i'm not I his think parents that, <laughs> that reasoning uh holds up less when you take into account the situation like the factory exploded kenichi went around the back and then there was no body <laughs> Like, yeah, if, if the, I think if there was a scene where he found the hole in the floor and said, oh, I think Kenichi fell down there, or something like that, you know, like, acknowledging that Kenichi didn't die in the explosion, because up until that point, that's all he knows what happened, right? Like, they were separated, so he doesn't know what happened to Kenichi. Um, so, an, another point I just realized with the uncle is he reminds me of the two blundering detectives from Tintin, mm. and that's why I also thought he was a blundering detective, yeah. is that he kind of looks like them. Uh, but I thought the the whole activation of Tima, like using the network to to find Kenichi, that was very cool. Was really cool. That was very very cool. The the animation, the style, the like the the 3D and the tracing and all the electricity and everything turning off. And as soon as I saw everything turning off, I just went, "Oh, you dumb bitch! They're gonna find you." 
They're going to find you so well, fast. And then the next scene is like, all right, guys, trace that signal. And they do. Also, I thought it was a really cool idea for a hotel. Like the train carriages. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, after this, um, we find out that Kenichi is being held in the actual ziggurat. Uh, he's obviously been captured by uh, Duke Red and the Mardukes. Um, they get into the ziggurat and Tima confronts Duke Red about whether she's a human or a robot. And at this point, um, I thought she was going to be an android. So I thought she was more like Data or um, she was potentially like an augmented human that she like maybe with a computer processing system, not um, not full robot. And we obviously find out she is full robot and instead of saying anything cool giving her any sort of cool title duke red's just like no you're not a human you're a superhuman and i was like oh man like you could have used any other word <laughs> well i think um uh, maybe, was that different in the dub maybe is that what he what he called her yeah in the dub yeah that's what he interesting used yeah. i think in the sub she they keep referring to her as like um a, they refer to her as a deity and like the god sort of oh. like they're, they're sort of playing her up to be like essentially god and she sits on the throne as god to rule over the human race sort of thing yeah they they more so portray her as like a queen and like she'll yeah, be the, that's... the ruler of the world rather than a god per se yeah yeah because for whatever reason whenever you have to dub something over to the west they are so afraid to use that word and even if like I'll, I'll, my prime example for that is any of the religious references in the Persona series get erased. Um, Gundam, what, G Gundam? Uh, it's Shining Gundam and Burning Gundam, not God Gundam. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of that, and I, I can understand from a certain aspect why they'd want to not do that. But at the same time, like, you don't change, like, none of Michelangelo's paintings got changed. None of, like... Uh, uh, famous writers' books really got changed. Shakespeare's stuff is primarily what it was. We're not editing that stuff because it's for a different audience. We're giving it to the other audiences to interpret as they will. And I find once in a while that's that's why I, I tended to watch subs. I used to be a sub snob. Now I'm a, a lazy dub <laughs> man because I like to be able to multitask. I like to be able to like watch my hero academia while i have a game of overwatch going so anyways that for those differences that's that's where i stand on those so we can get, uh, we can get into subs and dubs yeah. at another time this is, that'll be this it. is not that's the conversation for that separate discussion that's a full I will fight, fucking episode i will fight you uh yeah maybe we can do that for our next one uh so this is also the part where we finally see someone get shot and something happened no 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 shot? and something happened like we see okay. a consequence to it whereas like the president got shot he falls down aladdin got shot back there he falls down but now or Pero got shot he falls apart uh but here with tima she gets just just point blank and we see that like fake skin peel off and i thought this was really cool because the and i know it's unfortunate for lobo but on my screen i couldn't tell if it was blood or machinery so it was, it was machine. Yeah. So she right. she gets shot, and it's the metal plate that's protecting like her heart. Yeah. She's her like underneath her skin is like a 
like her central casing is like black with red highlights. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool artistic choice because then we're showing like she's got this really calm, cool kind of sympathetic exterior, but using like black and red is telltale like bad guy theme. And when you see that, you're like, uh, uh oh. And then on that note of uh oh, she goes crazy uh, and decides to, you know what? Screw these humans. I'm in 100%. I'm in. She goes to sit on the throne and. When I originally saw this room's layout and I saw them walking without like, like, because the pipes are up and yeah, down. Yeah, so you no don't real, realize I, they're just hovering over the pipes, but it's like a glass floor, I guess. Yeah, and then the room starts changing and everyone's losing their minds. and Insane animation sequence when she sits on the throne and her, her like clothes puff up from the air pressure and like her hair's going everywhere. Which... Yeah, and then you realize it's... you're suddenly watching Akira. <laughs> yeah, that was extremely Akira. <laughs> um, one thing to note, though, just because I don't know if we explained it, the throne that we're talking about, like it's the ziggurat that the, we mentioned in the beginning. Like, oh, they opened up the ziggurat. Like, oh, what is it? Is it a weapon of mass destruction? Is oh, it like yeah, a we totally base or whatever? Part. Yeah, this is literally just nuclear like warfare. Like Tima is supposed to sit on this chair and become like the robot overlord and protect like the metropolis and start wars with other countries so that they can have world domination yeah because I, so yeah, I think they're when implying, she sits on that throne oh, go for uh it. they're implying that every other country in the world uses robots right not just metropolis yeah so the, yeah that's that's exactly so it. yeah their, their their weapon the ziggurat super weapon is essentially like a radiation emp pulse that wipes out or go, makes robots go crazy which would like you know annihilate every other country if you could protect one city from it right yeah because they tested they it, it out in earlier. metropolis they see it in metropolis like all the robots go crazy. yeah they do that test run but um yeah they do yeah. the test run and that's why or no that wasn't why the oh, that was early that was early in the movie yeah. we missed that yeah, part we, we wow so next time we're gonna take better notes. Um, so when they start when they start using this like radiation laser, and she's like, "I'm gonna order nuclear attacks on 72 U.S. cities with or not U.S. cities, world cities, along with uh, like 184 additional." I was just like, "Whoa, yeah, that's gonna be a, a big mess. Like someone's got to do something. Why aren't like why isn't anyone?" like acting faster and then you cut down to the scientists right and they're like it's starting on its own it's starting on its own and they're trying to like get everything to stop and it's not working <laughs> cut cut the main line it won't cut did we skip this is pod racing she gets shot by rock oh right my God. that's yeah, yeah she, so, so rock was under or was in disguise right. what in, the uh, fuck was that Come... yeah <laughs> gattaca so that's look, what it was somebody must have not been there when he got stripped of his title and just didn't get the memo that it's just like don't he's wearing the maid's face like as skin yeah oh yeah that's right i, I remember and like what the movie off, i'm like that was really i'm cool. like why is the maid here this is weird and then the maid started talking in the yeah. boy's voice and i'm like oh and then he rips off his face i'm like what the fuck <laughs> another top so 10 dead? anime betrayal. is that what happened yeah no, i, I don't know she went crazy. no she's part of the machine no no, no the the maid that's what I thought. Like he oh, the killed maid. the maid. I assume she is. And took her skin. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the only thing I could think of for the maid. She's it fucking. It puts the lotion on its skin, or puts the hose yeah. again. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was weird as hell. So, so during this, all Kenichi's like, "I'm gonna reason with Tima. I'm gonna try and get her down on my level." Um, 
and then robots just apparently start listening to her she's got the all spark and she's commanding everyone and duke red um doesn't have the best death here and rock seems to put that nail in that coffin because he's like you know what you're not gonna die because of this i'm gonna be the one who ends it i'm gonna be the one that stops you so and uh rock sets off like that detonation just like nukes them all like it's not like a hey you you have to do two keys at one time to unlock a switch and then push the button at like the same one. T- like two buttons yeah. at the same time it is literally just a button on a control panel that anybody could have just sat on and just <laughs> blown up the city totally like whoops gi joe era cobra bad guy stuff like just one big red button oh my yep. god also brutal but, yeah, he... after the explosion they like cut back to that call room and you seem like bent over a railing dead it's like yeah oh i missed hard, that. Yeah, hard, hard it's, dead. It's, it's like pretty hardcore dead <laughs> so that's that's another point i wanted to bring up is we have a lot of character death and a lot of people you assume are going to make it and some people have like the president obviously he has his his death displayed you have aladdin die and paro die but they kind of just died and they moved on to the next scene. Whereas yeah. like with Duke Red, the director's like, he dead. He will not be in the prequel. He will not be in the sequel. He dead. He's not going to be in Russia 3. <laughs> oh, good so, reference. Although this film, I had a real great time watching it. And, and throughout, like uh, my favorite scene, obviously, is that chase scene. But this is my second favorite series of scenes where everything's just going to shit. And no matter what, like, Kenichi has his shonen superpower of making everyone believe and creating friendships and making Sasuke realize he's not really out for revenge. He's doing it for himself so that he can get back at Itachi. But uh, Kenichi obviously tries his hardest to get Tima back to normal. And he's just reefing on her. Like, he's pulling shit, like... And watching those cables snap, and you can actually, or at least for me, feel that tension. Where, just like when uh, the armband got ripped off, like the animation's so crisp here, where he's pulling on her. And you're like, man, you're just not that strong enough. You do not have, like, I thought it was going to be superpowers. much more gross as well, because the way the machine, like, fucks up her face, I thought when he pulled her off, it would just take her face with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, what we're describing that. here, real quick, is like everything is starting to blow up and they're like on the outside of the ziggurat and Tima's off the throne and she's literally like falling apart at the seams Mm -hmm. to where she falls off the building but Kenichi jumps after her and like catches her but like catches her arm and then the arm is like being like coming apart by like the threads of well no wasn't it wasn't it a cable in her back yeah he was just pulling her up by the cable I thought it was her arm. I didn't think. No, it was no, her he's back. holding a cable, uh, and then the cable frays and snaps. Right, and, yeah, and then he reaches like... for her arm. He reaches for her arm, and then it's like, to me, it looks like it's a wet salamander, <laughs> and he like grabs her hand, and she doesn't grab back. Yeah, he's just like he's like begging. Yeah, man, this is it, yo. He's begging her to like Let grab hold, and she's like in the middle of like recalibrating to being her good self again, and by the time she yeah. like fully reconnects it's like too late and she falls and she ends with the heartbreaking line i am who what, what was it in the dub yeah yeah i that's it they did who am i i am who yep 
Because they they play the little audio clip of them talking for the first time. Yes. And she she repeats it back. Yeah. 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 She remembers like when she was first being taught language and asks, or who am I? Right. Uh, She loses her grip. She falls. uh, She's presumed dead. The ziggurat collapses and everything blows up. And it's really freaking cool. And this is where they, they put in music. So they, the whole rest of this movie has been scored with like a jazzy theme this one kind of stays on par but they don't score this this is actually uh you insert the i can't stop loving you by ray charles and it's just one of those like melancholy love songs that's just kind of slow sweet and i mean if you haven't heard the song go listen to it it's it's an amazing song um but everything around like everything that's going on is just going to shit and it fits like it like you said at the beginning like the music in this film fits so well and you got chunks falling down you have like full buildings collapsing in and upon themselves and you have like the citizens like during this whole thing you forget like hey metropolis is populated and you just see some old lady and her daughter just flat out just shut a door go inside and in my mind i'm like ooh, I, I you're not gonna be ooh, that's not good uh but then obviously everything finishes falling apart and uh, you see Metropolis is kind of the last of us, too. And it's all messed up and people just kind of come out and the robots and the humans are like, well, we got to do something about this together. And they all kind of start working together and you get time uh, to start cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. Time to start close. Albert comes back. Our Fifi comes hey. back. Hey. Uh, and then you get this kind of little... Um, Uncle sees uh, Kenichi for the first time in a long time since the explosion started and his girlfriend committed suicide and uh, he kind of is like, hey, uh, glad I found you and come on, let's go. And Kenichi's like, nah, man, I must stay here. These robots are going to feed me and stuff. And I like in the dub, there's no real conversation. There. It's nothing too huge. And you get, like, Uncle flying away in that super cool Mm -hmm. uh, airplane looking at him, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I was like, I wish airplanes (laughs) were really like that. Um, Because then I wouldn't be crammed in in business class or whatever the the back of the plane is. Coach. They'd find a way. Uh, Yeah, they would. They would. Um, (laughs) But I, I found the ending to be, like, with him staying behind to look for her, very cliche, but at the same point, very heartwarming because... At some point, he knows, you know what, she's got to be up there. Well, he does find her. Some he, part well, of Well, he rebuilds her. Yeah, he finds the little... What? Yeah, at the... <laughs> I, I'm assuming you guys didn't see the end credit scene. No? There's, there's... Yeah, no, what? so he... It's a he, photo. He, he rebuilds her. Yeah. Yeah, he he rebuilds her, and they they open up a workshop. Yeah, the, at the like a robot. At workshop. the end of the credits is like a like a monochrome photograph, and it's uh, Kenichi and Team, a robot company, and she's like in the window waving to a robot, and he's like got a bunch of parts in his hand like they've opened a robot repair shop i guess together so happy ending i'm i'm better <laughs> oh man <laughs> the entire thing was so tragic and <laughs> i just i love how just adorable she was from the beginning like teaching language and then going off to the the, the chase scene again and their little interaction as well with the the rebellion i'll be damned like, this is this is the most adorable anime character ever and then to have that tragic ending i was like this is this sucks <laughs> i don't like this 
I like the heartwarming, happy ending shit. Yeah. This just changed the entire movie. Fucking 10 out of 10. Let's so, go. the ending I got pretty much was like the the radio, right? And the radio says, like, Kenichi or, or who am mm, I, whatever yep. the radio says. The credits start, and I immediately exited out. I was like, I'm done. Okay, cool. I'm going to start <laughs> writing up how I feel about they this. They didn't but... invent after credit scenes in that point in time. It was 2009, I believe, <laughs> that they invented those. Tom Marvel did that, you know? Didn't Marvel invent that? Come on. Yeah. So, uh, now at the end of the movie, we have a big divergence between the manga and the, the movie. So, the, the, the manga kind of centers around uh, a character named Michi who has the ability to fly and change sex and who is persuaded by Duke Red and his Red Party who intend to use Michi for destructive purposes. So, um, evil Astro Boy. Uh, The the uncle and the nephew find Michi after her creator, uh, Lawton, is killed. They protect her. They search for her parents. Um, It's a little bit different there, obviously. Um... So the desire to become human also creates Michi's uh, destructive rampage in the manga. Um, the reason behind the rampage is they don't have parents and they don't have and they're a robot. So that they're the main uh, Tima character is completely different. Um, but it incorporated more from like the 1927 film. Apparently, another little thing here is. Uh, Tima and Kenichi uh, cared deeply for each other, which was uh, more fleshed out uh, in this, in the in the film rather than the the books. So they kind of made it obviously a, a more movie that you could relate to instead of just a, a flat like, "Hey, robot A, boy A, you're best friends now." No, there was an actual like bond between them, which I really liked. Um, I I I even would have gone as far. To have like a side movie, like if they had just 45 minutes of the uncle doing stuff, because like he gets up to no good with the food. He knows something about technology and him and Pero, like just him and Pero doing stuff would be such a good series. Good buddy cop series right there. Exactly. Because like he'd be like, ah, oh, Pero, you got to loosen up. And he'd be like, Pero would be saying, I cannot. My bolts have been welded on. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> And, and then keep having the same chef just tackle him in the street because that every day, him. every day, like every day he tries to swipe food. But like, like it's when... it's a complete accident that he tries to swipe food. It's just like, oh no, shit's going down. I gotta go. <laughs> just gets wrecked. But um, one of the biggest things um, that I really enjoyed, obviously, is the relation between humans and robots. How you have like the workers that understand robots are doing their job. And that they need to have a job. And then you have the aristocrats who are like, you know what? Robots are the scum of the earth. They can be replaced. Just open up your machine gun. Uh, so dark. Yeah, really dark. Uh, but it was cool because you have humans who are obviously sympathetic to the robots. And you have the Mardukes who aren't. And it, it, it had some really good themes, I thought. Like, um, it's very similar to Will Smith, I, Robot. Yeah, We're, like there's there's just a like robots are taking our jobs and kind of like a just, very very similar. I think a lot, a lot yeah. of movies that focus around. I mean, there's not been that many, but movies that focus around that sort of theme, like the robots, like where is their mm-hmm. place in society and are they intelligent? You know, 
yeah. yeah, it's, it's similar themes that it treads. I think overall, solid movie. I think what carried it for me was the animation quality, the art direction, music, um, and the world building. Um, yeah. I think I think if the the pacing of the story flowed better, like the stuff like the, the Atlas thing, the introduction, that was really egregious and stuck out to me. I just felt like a lot of the times, especially towards the back half of the movie, it skipped a lot of stuff just to get... got to really good scenes, but it skipped all the build-up to the scenes, so it didn't flow for me quite right. Yeah. It just made it so, like, things would yep. happen, but you didn't really understand why it got to that point yep. so quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just... There needed to be a buffer there. Yeah, I mean, but at that point, I mean, you're dragging, you would not necessarily drag the movie out, but like that, it would have been a long, long movie. Like this yeah. was already pretty yeah. long. I want to say two it was hours? like two hours nearly. Oh, was that? I don't remember how uh, long it is. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it was an hour, time or, is, sorry. Uh, hour 53 minutes. Oh, really? It didn't feel that long. So, yeah, so you... Well, I mean, that's probably including the credits, but um, yeah, if you if you included those scenes of just like uh, a better atlas scene a better like introduction there uh if you kind of go behind the curtain a little bit more on the president and his shady dealings and all of this uh revolution business because i feel like they could have done that a little bit better because like the president was literally in the first scene and then he dies mm-hmm. like th- those were the only two scenes i think he was in so that's that's where I gotta say, like the the manga probably fleshes that out a lot more. There's probably a few chapters or even a whole volume about those characters. Um, yeah. We talked about this uh, before getting into the the films uh, and and how our our layout's gonna be. But I want to introduce and forgive me if you don't like this the uwu moment of, of the film. <laughs> now we're not gonna do this for everything. We might do uh, for like the more intense. Uh, animes like Samurai Champloo, things like that. Uh, there's another term I've used before called gar, and it's like the manly moment. So uh, you can either use a manly moment or an uwu moment. But I found for this, it, I wouldn't say it was uwu, but uh, when he's holding her hand and she's just slipping away, that was like it for me. I, I snapped. And I was like, oh, man, again, like get my hopes up. Going to be a good resolution. And then the movie just kind of hits you in the feels and she lets go and she just like stares at him and falls away. And I thought that was just a beautiful uh, part of animation, a beautiful part of storytelling. And even even the music and the sound effects in, in that whole scene, it, it wrapped it up in a nice package that it was like this. The, you could feel the sense of loss from his standpoint. And uh, I kind of got taken out of the film for, for being like a, a person on my couch for a moment. And I was like, wow. You can you can connect with that. Yeah, that was a very strong moment. But if I were to imagine the definition of an uwu moment, uh, it's like cute shit, and cute yeah. shit was uh, Fifi and Fifi being alive at the end. That's like hype as fuck. And also uh, when they first <laughs> like, when he's like trying to get her to talk and like teaching her how to speak, that was a very cute moment. Uh, for me, I, I, again, I'd probably go back with Fifi as well. Um, I think the first time we meet Fifi in which uh, Fifi brings them food <laughs> and also like is used as a personal like bullet bodyguard. <laughs> like, Yeah, Fifi's the or, homie. That was Fifi, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah she jumped She jumped in like, front Fifi, of him, yeah. Fifi took like, the, that like, awe moment. Like, him tr- just like, hey, I know you need food. This is the best I can do. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, you tried so hard. 
but you're still fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So from what parts of the film you could see, Lobo, what was your moment? I could, I, I've said this before, but I, I adore that character. She was just the most adorable fucking thing. And one scene, which was just barely brought up, was when they were taken in by the Resistance, and they were just hiding out there for a bit. And he was giving her new clothes to wear. Oh, yeah. That, like, touching <laughs> moment between them where they just had a chance to have a conversation and just try to figure out what's going on. You found her learning the language and that was just the cutest thing and then you find out oh she's smart as heck she knows what's going on she can speak everything now she's and then that moment where she goes over and she just shows like hey this pants are too big yeah i totally (laughs) forgot about that part that was yeah it was just the cutest thing and then after that pixelated well at least you got one scene (laughs) i got the good i got the scenes that mattered so um a way I always ask friends and uh, family members if they recommend a movie or if um, they recommend a video game or anything is, would you experience this thing again? So that's, I think, what our rating system might be based on is, is this something you would de- like for sure, 100%, you know what, I'll watch it again uh, to with someone else? Or is it something you're like, you know what, I've experienced it once, I'm good. That's an awful that's system. rating system for me because I never do shit I know. twice. <laughs> that's a that's an okay system for me because if it's so good that I don't ever want to like sully this memory in my in my brain, I just won't watch it. But if it's something like I just need to watch again, then it's the perfect system. All right, so like let's, this one, let's I'll, throw that I'll out the window. <laughs> no, for this one, I'll say it. I want to watch this movie again. Okay, I need to experience it. I need to actually see it. To see the finer details, you, you, to see the dog that's recommend... not really a dog. I need to watch this movie without a blindfold on that you can just barely see. You just okay. need to watch this movie so... for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> movie so I can have a conversation. Man, I've been going by, a, you know, just improv this entire thing. I don't know there's a robot named Fifi. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Okay, would you would you recommend this movie to a friend? Uh, I'll kick uh, this one off just for the fact that this was my recommendation. This is what I told you guys. Hey, I, let's start small. Let's start with a movie. Like I recommend this movie. Like from I haven't watched this movie in years, um, but I remember it being good. And I was like, okay, let's let's revisit this. I, I bought the months ago. I think it was pre-COVID. It was probably like November, October, or something last year. Uh, Best Buy had a steelbook for this this movie, and I'm a sucker for steelbooks. And I I bought the it was like twenty bucks. I bought the steelbook for it, and it was still sealed and everything. I was like, you know what? Let's let's dive back into this because I remember this being good. I want to rewatch it. I want to see like why was this so good that I rem- like I remember this movie, and I, I definitely would recommend this to. I mean, even uh, people who don't really watch anime that much, just because the the animation. It's it's a little old. Like if you mm-hmm. if you watch Astro Bot, like Astro Boy, you know what I mean by like it's old. Like it, it's got that old timey feel, but the animation is very fluid. The CG looks great. It's better than again better than a lot of the anime this fucking like past decade uses in their TV shows. I that's a rant for another time, but. <laughs> I yeah I I would recommend this for casual goers and hardcore fans alike of just anime just for the fact that I mean for the soundtrack alone the soundtrack is just phenomenal 
What about you, Element? Um, yeah, I think I could recommend this. Obviously, I'm recommending it to someone who watches anime. Um, I don't think I'd recommend it to everyone. Um, but if you're into anime, I think it's it's a it's. I think it's good. I think if you're like me and you really like seeing um, animation and art direction stuff like that, I think this is really worth watching because it's just like we just don't get really hand drawn stuff um, nowadays. At least not. Um, there's. You know. There's only two studios still doing hand drawn stuff. Can you get? Can you name them? Isn't Ghibli one? Ghibli is uh-huh. one. Um, I have no idea. I guess maybe Kill Annie, but I don't know. I actually have to look it up, but it's the the guy who does like your name. I believe he's the only other oh, one wow. that does uh, hand drawn stuff anymore. Every everywhere else, they use a little bit of CG. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... It... And Lobo, would you... Oh, sorry, oh. Element, finish. No, no, that's fine. Keep going. No, no, I was just going to ask Lobo if he would recommend it, but... You know, I was, I was going off if the... He could, oh, if he could watch thing. it, if he could watch it, he would, he would <laughs> probably recommend it. If I had watched the movie, then, you know, maybe. Who's to say? I'll let you guys know after I watch it for the first time and uh, whatever. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do like a one-year recap, right? After a year, we'll, year. we'll re-watch it. <laughs> Oh God, please no. <laughs> so what we're going to look into now is uh, we all have requested, recommended, and suggested things we want to watch next time. <clears throat> um, as far as it stands right now, uh, Frank has suggested so, Occult 9, Samurai Shampoo, and Perfect Blue. So to put to put to expand this a little further, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to be watching in the next week for the next podcast. However, we yes. have it split up into... New shows, old shows, and then movies, and then random things we want to watch. Old, old-ish. Old, pre, pre-2010. <clears throat> yep. At least 10 years old. That's that's qualified as old. Yeah. God. Like, it, it, it God, baffles we're old. me that everybody born pre-2000 is in their 20s. <laughs> that's fucking Just, weird. Okay, we're Don't not going to talk about that right Don't now. Yeah, I didn't, no, I yeah, didn't anyway. do this podcast that. to get cold out. So... <laughs> Frank Frank picked uh well we we picked Franks for last week so uh I suggested Beyond the Boundary, a Cowboy Bebop um and then my other twos were movies and a random. I suggested Macross Zero or Steamboy. Uh huh. looks like Element here suggested Rascal does not dream of a bunny girl senpai as our new one. Yes. Um our old one was how you say it planet planets i'm yes, really planets. i'm ready to planets. sell this shit by the way just ask me okay uh silver hates us all and suggested blend s and usagi drop oh my god blend s is or, that main one yep it is nice <laughs> or he suggested a silent voice or wolf children um we're just going to automatically veto that because nobody wants to cr- nobody wants to cry uh, and then one of our other uh, casters who can join us today select, suggested Grand Blue and Your Lie in April. So Bam. again, we don't want to cr- we don't want to cry. No. <laughs> um, so I think personally, I would really want to rewatch Bebop, but I don't want to do old stuff. We just so did suggest, an old movie. I know, I know. So I'm suggesting my personal suggestion is going to be a tie between Guilty Crown uh, and Beyond the Boundary. Yeah, it's in my yeah. random. It's in my I, random. Uh, Grand Blue's an absolute Guilty banger. Crown. By the way. 
So yeah, I Beyond the Boundary is amazing, but Guilty Crown is a whole thing, and I would rather watch Beyond the Boundary. Okay, if so we got up to those. Well, how are you? What are you feeling, Frank? If it's Beyond, uh, Beyond the Boundary, or Beyond the Boundary, that's your favorite show, right, Silver? No, no. What? What's that? Beyond the what? Uh, my favorite show is a place farther than. That's what it is. Okay. I don't know what either of those shows are, Beyond the Boundary or what was the other one? Beyond the Boundary is a Kyo Annie show, uh, Place Better Than the Universe. Oh, Guilty Crown. Oh, Guilty Crown. Guilty Crown's a video game, isn't it? I think so. Or, yeah. Guilty it, it, like... Crown, no, that's a, this is, it's Guilty Crown. Guilty Gear. Oh, Guilty Gear. Yeah, it's, Guilty Gear. It's it's not based off of a book. It's its own thing. And it's, it kind of gets very serious and it gets kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But it's a good show. But it's it's so at some point it's gonna be hard to watch. I think that's okay. Like just, so you might not you might just lose focus on it. Like I don't care anymore. That's how I felt while watching it anyway. Yeah, I I, I know I've heard of Guilty Crown before. Um, Beyond the Boundary, I've never even heard of. So I'd be more inclined to say that. I mean, I know I know that uh, Element wants to go to bat for planets or whatever it is. That's I would, an old one though, so we can do the, that another week. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. The the only one we haven't really talked about is my new one, which was Occultic Nine. Um, Ooh. Which I know that I know that I had the pick this week, but Occultic Nine is like one of those shows nobody watched. It came out it like it came out like a wet fart and nobody nobody <laughs> fucking watched it. Is it Persona? I loved it. No. Occultic Nine. No, but it looks like is it like designer or something like that? It looks like Persona. I don't think it's like. Yo, it this girl's give boobs me are huge. Fun. It looks. She's got bedonkers. Oh yeah, no, like that's that's <laughs> that's a that's a thing. <laughs> like that's that's one thing about that show that there is some fan service to it, but not too much. It's just one of these bizarre shows that I just kind of stumbled upon, and I really enjoyed it. The only the only like it's it's very dark. It's it's about just a cult and just like all these coincidences starting to pile up and they're like okay what what's actually going on here, um and the basically it revolves around this guy and this kid and this girl who the girl that element proudly presented as holy shit she's got huge boobs, Bodon Hunkers yes she does. They, she does, and it's really <laughs> funny in the show because they they address it a lot. <laughs> but um, basically, the the guy he runs an occult website, like a fan site type thing. Like anytime there's occult news, he posts about it and has discussions about it, etc. And he's just like chasing after it. And once these things kind of like pile up, uh, it kind of like mid season comes to a climax, and then it's like, okay, how do we resolve it? It's it's really good. The only thing is, you need to be a fast reader. Like oh. the, the they, this a lot. they talk, they talk very fast. Like this is so. I was listening to another uh, anime podcast called Trash Talk this past week, and they were kind of saying like, yeah, nobody in anime, like Japanese or English dub, nobody talks like that in real life. And this is the one show that I like. I watched, and I was like, if any, like, if they were to, and it, it's true, like, nobody in an English dub anime, like, you would never hear somebody talk like that, ever. 
this is the only show that I feel like is kind of authentic to what like people would be talking because they talk so fucking fast and it's not with like a bravado. Well, there is some bravado to it, but it is so fast and like quick paced. I don't know, but I I know that we will probably just go with uh, Beyond the Boundary just for the fact that I did have this week's pick. Sure. It is a discussion. Like, I, you, you sold me on it with what you were saying because it's – I skipped this completely because I'm like, oh, I don't – just looking at uh, what it's – what the uh, the graphic is over on, on Verve and looking at description and be like, uh, not my thing. But you saying all that, I have I just have Beyond the Boundary. All right, Did, well, has well, anyone watched it before? I have. No, yeah. Okay. I don't even know what it is. It's a. Uh, it's I. Go it's ahead. A, it's a Kyoani show, so like really high quality animation, cute character designs, sort of half slice of life, half action. Um, it follows you know a, a small cast of characters, and they're basically um, sort of demon hunters or demon slayers, but it's very light hearted. Um, very based in Japanese folklore, like a lot of the monsters that they deal with. Um, very fantastical supernatural elements. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I, it's just a generally enjoyable show. I, I, I watched it a long time ago, but uh, it was... As most... Yeah, Kyoani is like my favorite just, studio. It's not meant to be like, get in there and be like, super... There's like, no... Dis- yeah, hardcore. there's very little despair. It's just, this like, is... Yeah. Yeah, it's like just enjoy watching this and see yeah, the and like the it. cute characters and their interactions, stuff like that. I, I can yeah, I'm it. I'm good with that. Okay, so that that'll be our next week. Uh, does anyone have anything to say before we wrap it up? Go listen to uh, that Ray Charles song. Uh, I can't stop loving you. If you've never heard it, just listen to it. It's <laughs> it's slow. It's romantic. It's it's just a great song. But imagine that with just a city just going to shit <laughs> and it's it's beautiful it's absolutely so so just beautiful. play that on your commute to work right yeah that's that's the <laughs> commute i mean my commute to work is oh, roll yeah. out of bed and go to the desk <laughs> i i'm really sorry like we're in where i am we're moving into what's called quote unquote phase three so they're allowing travel oh boy and, and well we we only had a hundred cases today, so. Oh shoot! I forget. Yeah, you're up in Canada. Yeah, I'm different. For, I'm, for I'm Silver special. and I, who are in the states, like everything is just fucked. Yay, Texas! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I want to thank everyone, including Frank, Element, Lobo, for coming out and doing this with me. Um, we're brand new to this. This is our obviously our first episode, so we appreciate any feedback you have, any comments, any concerns. Uh, we're looking to improve. We're looking to grow. We're looking to do this more. Um, and we have uh, at Baca and Co Podcast on Twitter, and it's the same at gmail.com. Unfortunately, just typing Baca and Co looks really weird on Twitter, and we didn't want to go with that. So, uh, again, look forward to chatting with you next week. I uh, hope we uh, see you around. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Baka! Baka na no.